I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 48, To Have the Heavens Opened, studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 106 through 108. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. Okay, so this week I kind of want to focus on one of the questions that Come Follow Me asks. And um, because these sections, especially, oh, which one is it? I think it's 107, focuses pretty heavily on like the organization of the priesthood, what everybody's different um, responsibilities are, how the quorums are going to be. Um, organized, how decisions are going to be made, who's in charge of what decisions, how to, all all of the technicalities, all of the how to run it type stuff, all of the, what's the word I want, logistics of organizing the the priesthood, right? Um, That's pretty much the basis of 107. And One of the things I was looking through as I was reading this, um, trying to figure out what the meat and potatoes of this is, right? Because especially as a woman, um, part of me was like, do I even need to read this? Like, do I need to know how the 70 is formed and who's in charge of what? Like, is that important to me? And, you know, I mean, on the one hand, you know, of course it's important because obviously it's in the scriptures and it wouldn't be in the scriptures if it wasn't super, if it wasn't important for us. Right. Um, on the other hand, like, is my eternal salvation, is there going to be like a quiz before you go into the pearly gates? That's like, okay, now if this decision needs to be made, which quorum is in charge of making it, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to fail that. (laughs) I'm going to fail that test. Um, and so, I was looking at this and trying to figure out how to relate this, how to get to, as I said before, the meat and potatoes of this. And I was reading the Come Follow Me questions, and one of them talked about the fact that the a lot of the principles that guide the church councils are applicable to us as families, right? We can look at these, and we don't necessarily have to only apply them specifically to the um to the quorums that they're designed for they can be applied to our families as well so one of the questions it says is what principles in these verses can we apply in our family councils and i added in our families in general right and so that's kind of the the thing that we're going through here okay um so let's look at we're going to be in 107 for part of this we're kind of going to jump around a little bit you guys um like anything else is new um okay so looking at 10727 right so section 107 verse 27 um i kind of really love this one i'm actually just going to read it to you And every decision made by either of these quorums must be by the unanimous voice of the same. That is, every member in each quorum must be agreed to its decision in order to make their decision of the same power or validity one with the other. Um, 
And part of the reason I thought that this would be perfect for families is because I, um, we have, Jake and I have four small kids, right? Our oldest will turn seven in December. Our youngest will turn one in December, um, actually within like two days of each other. And it got me thinking about how um, we have a rule in our family when the kids want to watch a movie, um, when more than one kid wants to watch a movie, that they have to agree on the movie, right? So if both of my girls want to watch a movie um, and one wants to watch a Barbie movie and the other one wants to watch Curious George or, you know, whatever, we just don't watch a movie, right? Like the idea is you have to agree on the movie. And, um, and sometimes one little girl will be a little more obstinate than the other and will insist on her movie or no movie, um, in which case we watch no movie. And, um, sometimes one kid is more willing to compromise and like, we'll name off several different movies. And anyway, it's a thing. But, um, well, as I was reading the scripture, it got me thinking about how we do that. And it's, I mean, obviously being able to agree upon a movie, um, is not necessarily going to affect the state of the union. Um, it's not going to affect our eternal salvation at all, whether or not you can agree on what to watch, um, for a movie, but it's, building a practice, it's building a habit, um, that will hopefully help our children learn how to, um, talk about what they want to do and be able to make compromises and come to unanimous agreements. And I thought that this was really clever, um, to apply to our families as well as, um, our, you know, various quorums and whatnot. And so I was thinking about how we come to unanimous voice and why it's important to come to unanimous voice. Um, and this is going to sound a little weird, but just run with me here. Jake and I have been watching this show on Discovery Plus called, and actually I think we just finished it last night, um, called Mighty Rivers with Jeremy Wade. Um, he's a fisherman and he basically goes to, each episode is about a different river. He goes to six different rivers in the series and goes to basically investigate the health of these rivers, which of course he discovers by the health of the fish, what fish are, um, available, how large the fish are, what fisher, what fishing practices are accommodated and are being allowed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And based on all of this stuff, he can determine how healthy the river is and if it is dying, if it needs help, um, or if it's doing okay and it's flourishing and we need to continue said practices, right? And, um, he was, we were watching the one he was in, oh, I think it's South Africa, Africa area. Um, it's not South Africa, it's Africa. He was in, or is it South? I don't know, whatever. Anyway, Africa somewhere. He was on the Zambezi. He's looking at this river and in some areas of the river, the fishermen are fishing with these nets, um, that have these really, really like tiny holes to the point where he could barely fit his pinky through one of the holes in the net, right? Like he's like, they're basically fishing with like mosquito netting. Now the problem with this, if you don't know, again, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. The problem with this is, um, that it catches, it's, it's not discriminatory. It catches everything and it catches down to the smallest fish. 
And if you have a surplus, if you have an infinite supply, this isn't a problem. But if you continue to do that, you were, you know, fish are a finite supply if you don't allow the little ones to grow bigger, right? Um, and anyway, and so there were several fishermen fishing with these types of nets, um, and they, and so he talked to them for a little bit and then he went, um, a little further up the river, different, um, or actually he was in a different area, still the Zambezi, but different area. And, um, the fishermen had much, like, I mean, you could fit almost your whole hand through the hole of these nets. Right. And, um, and he asked the fishermen, um, is there somebody that regulates the nets? And he's like, yeah, the, the national park service come through and they check and make sure that our nets are, um, up to code, right. That the, the holes are big enough. And he said, um, he's like, well, what happens, you know, if you don't, and there's a fine, blah, blah, blah. And he said, what do you think about this? Right. Like, what do you, what do you think about this? And the fisherman looked at him and he said, I think I, that this is good because I have a three month old baby. And when my baby grows up, there will still be fish in this, in this lake in 20 years. Um, because he was on a dam. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And I remember telling Jake, I was like, you know, it's so important that the fishermen understand that these regulations on net size aren't there to like make it harder for them to, to survive. It's there to ensure their survivability. Right. Um, one of the very first people he visits in the Zambezi episode, they're walking around, they have these spears and they're all walking around the water and just like stabbing the water. Right. And they only do this. I think they said they only fish out of this particular pond, like two or three times a year and they only, they don't use nets. And, um, he asked them, why don't you use the nets? And they said, if you eat all of the food in the entire house in one day, you have nothing to eat for tomorrow. Right. And so both of these fishermen, the ones that you were using the regulated nets with the larger holes, and then the ones that were using the spears, um, both of these fishermen and these, um, areas had a concept of the eternity, right? They had a concept of the longevity. They're all playing the long game, right? We talked kind of about long game last week. My point with this though, is that when we are united, when we are unanimous in our decisions, when we all understand why we're making this choice, there's no fight back, right? We're more powerful. We can make a greater impact when we all understand why it is that we're choosing this. Um, one of the things that Jake and I talked about doing with the kids is, um, taking them to Disneyland. Um, and one of the things I want to do, um, is when we tell them that this is what, what we want to do, um, we want to make a united effort as a family to spend less money so that we can have more money to spend on fun things while we're in Disney on treats, on souvenirs, on, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And, um, and I think that if we all know what the goal is, we all know why we're making these choices. We're all going to be a lot more successful in attaining that goal and reaching that goal. Um, and so I think it's, that's why it's so important to have this unity 
um, and to talk through our problems, eat and talk through the decisions that we're making in our families and make sure that we're unanimous in them and that some of us are willing to give a little and some of us are willing um, to adjust, right? So the next one I kind of wanted to talk about is verses, still in section 107, verses 30 and 31. It says, the decisions of these quorums, or either of them, are to be made all in righteousness, in holiness in low, and loneliness of heart, meekness and long-suffering, and in faith and virtue and knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Um, because the promise is, if these things abound in them, they shall not be unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord. And I think, again, when you come to these family councils, um with a heart in lo on loneliness. If you come in righteousness, you come in meekness and long suffering and all the things that they name here, um, you're going to get a lot more done than if you come being like, this is my agenda. This is what I want to do. This is how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, to a degree, sometimes some of that is necessary. I remember my dad was in the military and, um, we would do kind of a family council type thing. And my parents would tell us, hey, listen, this is what's going on. My dad would always tell us if he heard any kind of scuttlebutt that there was going to be some PCSing happening and that we were possibly going to be one of the families that were moving, um, he always let us know. So it didn't like hit us out of the blue. Sometimes he found out, we found out when he found out kind of thing, right? Like he was like, hey, listen, we're moving in a month um, because that's when he found out. Um, but most of the time my parents would try and give us some, some, um, what's the word I want? Like not update, but like some foreknowledge, I guess. Um, a kind of a, Hey, warning, this may be happening. And obviously as kids, we could, we could have been like, well, we don't want to move, but it's for my dad's job. We didn't actually have a whole lot of say in it. Um, but my parents always made us a part of that conversation. So we always knew what was going on and never caught us off guard. Um, and so I think it's really important. I think a lot of times parents try to shield their kids or hide hard things from them, um, hoping that they can kind of sort it out. Um, but I think it's also important to show our kids that these things come up and this is how we work through it together as a family. Um, and then the one last kind of note I wanted to make with these verses is, um, verse 81 still in 107 it says there is not any person belonging to the church who is exempt from this council of the church and the way that i took this scripture again we're looking at this not necessarily in terms of the church we're looking at this and how to apply this to our personal families our family councils and i took this as there are not exceptions to what we decide right um there is no one person belonging to our family who is exempt from the council, both in the sense of we don't not. Okay. Both in the sense of we are all members of this council because we are all members of this family. We don't kick out this person. Now, obviously at our stage right now, um, where our youngest is not even nine months old yet. He is part of our council, but he doesn't necessarily have to agree with us unanimously because he's not capable of agreeing with us unanimously right now. He doesn't even talk. Um, and so not in that sense, but I mean, I think, you know, 
we're not going to be like, oh, well, that person doesn't agree. They just don't count. The rest of us agree. We're just going to do it majority rules, right? That's the whole point of, of 27 is that we all get to a place where we all um, agree with what was going on. Um, but also when we make a rule for our family, it's for our family. Um, this isn't letting anybody off the hook, right? Because um, sometimes, I mean, there are definitely rules, I think, at least for me, that as a parent, you know, I'm like, oh, kids can't eat in the front room, but then I eat in the front room because I know I'm less likely to spill pasta everywhere. But I think that the rules for the family should be for the family. Um, the last scripture um, I kind of want to talk about here is in... Um, section 108 verses 7 and 8 and again I'm just like actually going to just read these they're all really short um, there's a lot of them but they're all pretty short it says therefore strengthen your brethren in all your conversation in all your prayers in all your exhortations and in all your doings and behold and lo I am with you to bless you and to deliver you forever amen and I love this concept of strengthening our brethren and sisterin um, in all your conversation, in all your prayers, in all your exhortations, in all your doings. Um, I think, um, you know, gossip can kill relationships. Um, and I think it also, our brains are designed to look for what we tell them to look for. Um, I remember when Jake and I first got married, um, sometimes we'd hang out with different people and sometimes, uh, some of the wives would, um, would husband bash a little bit like, Oh, I can't believe that this guy won't do this thing. Or I, you know, this guy, my husband, you know, X, Y, Z, and just complain about them. And I was always like, why are you married to this guy that you apparently don't like so much that you constantly complain about them? Like, I get the need to vent, um, but I feel like there's a difference between, like, man, today was rough versus, oh, this guy can't get anything right. He never does what I ask him to do, and he's like a child, and I, it's like I have another child, and wah, 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 right? Like, you're going to find what you look for, and... If we are not strengthening each other, and this is this can be extended obviously without outside of just our family, um, but especially within the family, if we're not looking to strengthen our bonds with our family members, our spouses, our children, with our conversation, with our prayers, with our exhortations, with everything, with all our doings. Um, and we're looking for the weaknesses and we're looking for the faults and we're looking for all of the problems. We're going to find the faults. We're going to find the problems. We're going to find what we're looking for. Um, and so I think when we focus, and I'm not saying that we just like sweep things under the rug if there are, you know, real and proper issues, but I think how we talk about each other how we talk about our family, how we talk about our children, how we talk about our spouses should be strengthening, right? It should be with love. It should be looking for solutions, not looking for problems. It should be um, with love. It should be with love. 
um, ultimately. So I hope that um, you can strengthen each other in your conversations, in your prayers. I hope that you can apply some of what we've talked about to your own family um, councils. I'm going to attempt to do so. Um, and I will talk to you next week.